And we're on the air in five, four, three, two, one. Pencil. When peace comes, remember, it will be for us, the children of today, to make the world of tomorrow a better and happier place. We are beginning to be able. So here we go. So, all right, this is uh, another Here You Are. Uh, we're, we're doing a series of quickie podcasts about how we listen to music. Um, and we brought Ben back because Ben uh, is a musician and has worked in music for, we'll just say, most of his adult life, and uh, along with having a day job. And uh, my co-host Eric is here. Hello. All right. So it's three quick questions, Ben. You can talk as much as you want. Uh you know, kind of, kind of give the people sort of a, a cool little narrative. So, how do you listen to music now? What are the what are the tools, if you will? Yeah, so I I listen two primary ways, and it's I have a I have a whole record set up, so I I listen to vinyl, um, but not like I I so when we, I was getting prepped for this, I read the article that you sent about. Um, Henry Rollins set up. I, I definitely am not like that. Um, I, I like to listen to vinyl because um, I like to hold it. I like to touch it. I like to read the liner notes. Um, and I like to be able to like flip a record. Like records sometimes make more sense to me when you split them up um, to side A and side B. So... Uh, I obviously though I can't listen to vinyl on the go, so I do listen to most of the music I discover and I listen to is through Apple Music. Okay, so then my question is, what kind of t- turntable do you have? I have an Audio Technica. Okay, and does that does it go to a receiver? Um, I'm actually waiting on a receiver right now. It used to run through a Sony receiver. Um, and I got rid of the Sony because I am waiting on a Marantz. Oh, buddy. I yeah. so love that. My favorite piece of recording equipment of all time is my Marantz solid state recorder. Oh, I love Ugh. that company. Like, Yeah, so the, I'm I'm being a Craigslist lurker nice. right now and just waiting for one to pop up. Okay. Uh, which one yeah. do you think, which one are you going to get? I thought when I was looking at them originally, um, so I, there's this guy who works with us, um, and a real quick funny story, I was telling him how I was looking for a Marantz receiver, um, and he was like, oh, my dad's got like like 10 of those in a pile, and I was like, mm, that doesn't sound right, and he was like, no, seriously, and he sent me a picture and he, I'm not even kidding you, he had stacked on top of each other like three or four Marantz um, 2270s. And I was like, dude, are those 2270s? And he's like, yeah. I was like, why does your dad have like five yeah, of those? Yeah, why does he stack? have those? He's like, oh, he likes to buy them and um, fix them up, get them back in working order, and then he resells them. And I was like, well, how much would he resell it for? And he was like, like 900 bucks. And I was like, damn it, he knows what he has. Right. <laughs> so, um, but I actually have been biting myself. I saw a 2270 on Craigslist probably three or four years ago, and I passed on it, and it was like 150 bucks. Oh. And 
I don't remember. I think I passed on it because I was looking at something else at the time. And then I ended up like getting way smart on Morantz and figuring out like the quality that was there. And by the time I figured out what I just missed, it was gone. So what makes them so much better? Well, one, they're 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 tubed, right? And two, they're tanks. They last forever. Like you can, if you put a Morantz on your shelf and you put a you put a turntable on it. It's got a nice warm tone to it. Um, the EQ on them is great. You're able to EQ out your sound perfect. And like right now, what I'm my problem is is I get a little bit a little bit bass heavy on the current speakers I'm running. So like I don't have a receiver to try and equal that out, um, and I don't have a receiver to kind of cut any of the noise either. So um, right now, the luckily the turntable I have is is powered. But that receiver, one, could allow me a, a way louder sound, but then also a way cleaner sound. Um, because if I get outside right now on my current setup of like, um, I'd say like just rock and roll and like singer-songwriter, it gets real bass heavy. And it kind of drowns out the, the tone of the song. So... So yeah, um, and I don't know. I don't know, Eric. Have you ever seen one? I don't think so. They're like fucking gorgeous to look at. They've got these beautiful wood case finishes, and they're they've got the stainless steel, um, the stainless steel front plates on them. And then as long as you buy one with the working lights, they like as long as it's been fully restored or it's it's in good order, they're they're gorgeous to look at too. I'm looking at them now online. They are pretty. Yeah. So, like right now, I'm just waiting so on a Marantz. Marantz is the professional line above Denon, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I always get them confused because, you know, like the stuff that I'm familiar with with Marantz is these solid state recorders that I've bought over the years. And, uh, like, I, I love, I love the fact that there is an entire professionalism based around repairing my Marantz recorders. Like I have, oh, yeah. I have a relationship with the guys who work on my PMD 660. Like they've, they're like, no, no, we got a new board for inside of it. You know, that's going to, it's going to get rid of that preamp noise. I'm like, okay, just so you guys know, I don't hear any preamp noise when I record. So awesome but okay you know they're like yeah send it in it'll be a hundred bucks i'm like fine you know because at this point my this pmd 660 that i own is sort of i i compare it to like a ford f-150 you know it just it's rock solid and i and it can do everything i need it to do and i got a solid mechanic and i never have to worry about it and and the reason i picked it was my friend melissa was an embed journalist in the war. And that's the, that was the unit that those guys were issued. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't imagine shit being tougher than the kind of things you need for a war, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and for me, it's ever since I got rid of the Sony. Yeah. Like it's, I'm fine. Like it, you know, I'm, I'm getting by, but I don't have that kick anymore. Right. You know, so I don't have that amplification anymore. So, um, but I also don't want to go throw down 
any money for a pioneer, which you could, like I could go get, find a good pioneer. I'm sure I could go find, um, a nice Panasonic or something. Um, but a lot of stuff you find these days too, they're digital and they fry out and like Marantz isn't going to fry out. Like you just said, you can take it and you can get it serviced for a hundred dollars and that fucker is going to run for years and years again. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so then how do you listen to music outside of the house? Um, Apple Music. No, no. I mean, so, like through earbuds or over the ear oh. headphones or what? Yeah, so I have two. I have two pair. Like I, I stick with the Apple earbuds for convenience. I have those, um, and then I also have a pair of over ear Studio Bose okay. that I use. Um, but I find too that like I've, I was actually just reading up on new over ear headphones the other day. And I was looking at a pair of um, Bayer Dynamics because um, the Bose, again, is a little bit bass heavy. And it can kind of mute the punch of your song um, when you're listening. So um, I was looking at a pair that comes through a little bit more neutral. And the Bose kind of leans on that um, on the bass heavy side of that spectrum. Sure. So how do the, yeah. how do the kids, because uh, you've got kids in the house, how do they address the record player? They're actually super great with it. Um, so the re- it's the centerpiece of our house. We have a big open concept house. So like the the record player and the speakers and the tuner and then um, and then all my records are center are in the dead center of the house. Um, and the kids the kids do well um, now. I think they're they're three and four now. So they definitely do a lot better job of like not just going and grabbing a record. Like they know not to just go grab a record and pull it out. But they're they're involved. Like we we usually play a record over dinner, um, and most times they'll pick it out. Um, they know like our our house is also all hardwood floor, old hardwood floors. So there's no there's no padding underneath that. So. Um, as you know, like you walk around a hardwood floor, it doesn't matter where your turntable is in your house. It's gonna, it's gonna skip if you get too close to it. You're gonna make your needle jump. And um, so I put some, I reinforced my turntable with some rubber to kind of absorb that. And then I also laid rubber down on the bottom of the stand that it's on. Um, but they know, like when a record's playing, you don't jump around. You know, like if you want a rough house, you have to go down into the playroom when a record is on. Um, I don't think they've quite associated like when they pick out a record, what exactly they're about to listen to. Um, one of one of my boys likes the groovier stuff, and the other one likes the heavy stuff. So it's it, it depends on who's picking the record but my my four-year-old he can really figure out like what's going to be heavy just by looking at album art and then my three-year-old he'll just he'll ask you to put he just likes to be able to he watches the record spin basically (laughs) all right all right that's cool eric how do you how do you listen to music at the house um No, it's kind of 50-50. I have a, I mean, I don't have a great speaker and great sound. So half of the time is through the Google Home Yeah. while I'm cooking or something, um, just doing stuff around the upstairs or down here in the 
in the downstairs office, just through the computer, usually with headphones. Yeah, I I I think that that's more kind of, like I really for whatever like in the morning my Google Home thing uh, is wonderful. Like it really you know like Spotify seems to sort of make the mornings quite nicely. Yeah. Like it for whatever reason it's learned everything it needs to know so now the mornings you know are pretty good so yeah <laughs> which obviously freaks the shit out of me you know like oh yeah it knows exi- I, I, do i like this because it's the morning or does it know something secretly about me that it you know like is it getting up in the middle of the night and reading my thoughts i don't know but yeah it has learned which i find it interesting um i don't use it for a lot outside of music um but it has learned that I pay for a Spotify subscription. So for a while, when I first got it, I would ask it to play something and it would play it through Google play. And then it would tell me that I couldn't play it because I didn't have a paid subscription to Google play. So I couldn't you know, listen to a full album or something, or I couldn't listen to specific songs. So I would have to define, you know, play, play this on Spotify. And I don't have to do that anymore. Now I'll just ask you to play something and it automatically picks Spotify. So Whoa. I think that's I think that's pretty wow. interesting. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Jesus. I had to, I had to plug Spotify in sort of through the through my phone some you know, when I was setting it up. And yeah, okay. That's that's weird. So yeah. all right, so then uh, Ben over over your life, sort of, you know, since you become sort of a music guy, how is how is the the tools that you listen to music? How have they changed? Oh, it's it's totally different. Um, when I first got into music, the first thing I ever remember buying was an Eve Six cassette tape. Um, yeah, and I bought it for my brother on his birthday because I wanted the record, and. I remember, like, I used to, I used to rip songs off of um, the radio with blank tapes. And um, that was kind of how, like, my music collection started. My dad always had records, so I've always been around records all my life. And, um, and he had a huge collection of CDs eventually, too. But when that, when it was my turn to start buying music, um, CDs were kind of out of reach for me yet. So then once I started buying my own music, like obviously CDs came about, but then in the late 2000s, it was, it was, it was Napster and LimeWire and the internet was my music, um, except for those bands that I really loved, you know, like that I could always depend on. And I still have some of those that like, like, for example, Brian Fallon. When Brian Fallon announces a new record, whether it's him or Gaslight Anthem or whatever project he's playing, I will sight unseen buy that record without hearing a, a song off of it. I'll pre-order it just like that. Um, so, but like the, the, the kind of advent of the MP3 changed everything, I think, for me because... I, I remember going to record stores or, or CD stores, you know, when I was a kid and I would buy something based off of the album art. You know, I would be like, oh, wow, this album art looks cool. I'm going to buy this record. And if I got home and that record sucked, 
I was going to sit with that record for five or six more times until I didn't think it sucked because I just spent $12 on it, you know? And so, uh, I like the tools have really changed the way I think not just I listen to music, but I think all of us listen to music because unless I'm making the intentional decision to sit down and listen to a record all the way through, I'm probably not listening to a record all the way through anymore. Because now I can be like, oh, oh yeah, this band, they were around with this band. And then I jump, you know, through my Apple Music library. Everything's right at the tip of my fingers. Where before I had, you know, I was learning about new music through the liner notes and CDs that I would buy. Or I would go on one of the pirating websites and you'd see that, oh, if you like no effects and mxpx then you'll like this band you'd see it in the description of the downloads so then you download that band and like now you're like okay here's this band you fall in love with their songs you go buy their records where now i can just search something on apple music i can listen to it i can decide if i like it or not and that's when i decide if i'm going to go buy an actual physical copy of the album I have to really love the record to go buy the physical copy of it. Yeah. Which probably from a musician standpoint, you know. Yeah, you're kind of a, a lot, dick. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of musicians are like, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which I get because I also create music. And one of the things I've been wrestling with in my head right now is where am I going to release my music? Does it pay to print CDs anymore? Does it pay to get a limited edition vinyl pressing? Um, I can put it on Bandcamp for free, but how many people are like typing in a Bandcamp webs website when they want to listen to a song? They're not. They're going to their Apple Music or they're going to their Spotify. See, that's, so, that's, that's funny because we just did this with Seth before this, and Seth gets all of his music, all of his new music, through Bandcamp, amazing. See, and like the people I talk to are like, no, I don't use Bandcamp, and I, I know use my Bandcamp. Own... Yes, I use it. Like I will follow a link. Like I will follow a link to Bandcamp, and I will listen to a to a record. And you know, if it's a single or whatever, usually the the musicians I'm following they post singles out on Bandcamp, but like. I won't. I find myself revisiting them less. I'll, I'll find myself revisiting that record less if I don't have, if I can't get it in my actual library of music. So like, so that's kind of where, I, like, you know, do I do I pay the eighty dollars a year to upload the stuff to Spotify and Apple Music, or do I, because that's where people are going to continue to revisit it, or do I put it on Bandcamp and then just hope that people like it enough that they continue to come back to my Bandcamp page. So it's, you know, it, 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 it depends, but like I was actually listening to something a little while ago, a podcast um, producers, and they were kind of talking about the same concept, but they were talking about like, it's, it's a podcast on mixing and producing records. Sure. And they were talking about how like they don't buy the Bayer Dynamics and the Sennheiser headphones and these $500 studio headphones anymore because nobody's listening on, the, on those headphones 
nobody is hearing the frequencies that they're hearing in those headphones. So they'll actually do, they'll do a mix down of the song with those headphones just so they can get a clear idea of where everything's sitting in the song. But then they'll do a final mix down and a final master with Apple, with Apple earpods, because that's what people are listening to the songs on. And they want to make sure that that's translating well. It's funny because every band that I grew up working with or anything like that would do something similar. They would listen in the car. Yeah. They would take the mix down or the first master and go out to the car and listen to it in the car and then come back in and go, okay, now we've got some notes. Because that's where everyone was listening. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I remember when we very first cut like some of our very first bedroom demos, I listened to them. I went out to my car and I listened to them because at that point in time, there wasn't iPods or anything like that. There was Walkmans. And I, so I took it out to the car. And like you didn't have the iPod in the car. You, everyone had instead, they had the Walkman with the tape converter that you pushed <laughs> into your tape deck. And then it plugged into your Walkman. That's how everybody was listening to music. So we'd burn a demo onto a CD, go out to my truck, put it in listen to it and see how it sounded and then go back and adjust it in whatever archaic, you know, audio editing system we had at the time. But so, yeah, it's, um, the way the two, even, even when I look at it from like a musician standpoint too, the one thing that's changed from that standpoint, as far as the tools I use is I have more money now. So like I can actually invest in better tools and better systems. Um, than than I was when I was a kid on that front too. A lot of my money didn't get spent on nice music equipment when I was a kid. We just got whatever cheap thing would make noise and then we'd figure out how to record it, you know? Um, so, so even on both levels, like it's totally changed the way, the way I listen to music. But like I, I was telling Eric earlier, I still have my records that like if a song comes up on shuffle I will pause it, I will go to the whole record, and I will start it over because I have to listen to that record all the way through. Wow. Yeah, so there's still, there's still, like, I'm still an album guy. I don't believe in singles. I don't believe in, like, some of these bands are doing that now. Like, Weezer's one of them where they're talking about slowing down making records and they're just going to release singles. And I'm not like I'm still I still try to find value in records and an actual full album. So like like um, a perfect example would be Tom Petty's Damn the Torpedoes. When one single song comes on my shuffle, I will go back and I will play that whole album front to back because that's just a record that I have to hear front to back. So like I still have some of those. Um but they are less and less, you know, because I think artists aren't focusing on it as much. If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me.
Make sure my cash is closed Rap critics to save money cash holes I'm from the hood, stupid, what type of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zapper toes You celebrate the minute you was having dough I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole If you don't like the lyrics, you can press fast forward Got beef with radio, I don't play they show They don't play my hits, well, I don't give a shit So, rap max, trying to use my black ass So advertisers could give them more cash for ads Fuckers, I don't know what you take me as So understand the intelligence that Jay-Z has I'm from rags, the richest niggas, I ain't dumb I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one Hit me 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one If you have a girl problem, how you bad for you, son? I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one Hit me It's 94 and my trunk is raw And my rear view mirror is the motherfucking law Got two choices, y'all pull over the car or Bounce on the devil, put the pedal to the floor And I ain't trying to see no highway chase with Jake Plus I got a few dollars, I could fight the case So I pull over to the side of the road I heard, son, do you know why I'm stopping you for? Cause I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low Do I look like a mind reader, sir? I don't know Am I under arrest or should I get some more? Well, you was doing 55 in the 54 uh -huh. Lost as a registration and step out of the car Are you carrying a weapon on you? I know a lot of you are I ain't stepping out of shit, all my papers legit Or do you mind if I look around the car a little bit? Well, my glove compartment is locked, so it's the trunk in the back And I know my rights, so you gon' need a warrant for that That aren't you sharp as attack? You some type of law or something, somebody important or something tight. I ain't passed the bar, but I know a little bit enough that you wanna legally search my shit. Well, we'll see how smart you are when the K9 comes. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me.